Hey everyone, before we start the episode, I wanted to share some exciting news. We have a YouTube channel now. We started posting our episodes with some cool images and videos, so you should definitely go check it out. You can find us at On Wildlife Podcast, and don't forget to subscribe. Now let's get into the episode. Hello, welcome to On Wildlife. I'm your host, Alex Ray. On this podcast, we bring the wild to you. We take you on a journey into the life of a different animal every week, and I guarantee you you're going to come out of here knowing more about your favorite animal than you did before. This week, we're talking about an animal who could be in the dictionary under the word adaptation. They have so many amazing characteristics that help them survive in their environment. You can even see what I'm talking about when you look in their eyes. So you might want to take your night vision goggles out again, because we're talking about small, nocturnal reptiles. Geckos. about 1,500 gecko species, and this number keeps changing by the year because we just keep finding new species. One of the most recently found species is found in India, and scientists have named it after Jackie Chan because it's so quick and agile. The smallest species is called the Jaragua dwarf gecko, and it's only found in the Jaragua National Forest. They only get to around 14 to 18 millimeters in length, and have an average weight of just 0.13 grams, which is 0.0045 ounces. The largest species is called the New Caledonian gecko. This species is native to the islands of New Caledonia in the South Pacific, and it can grow to be 14 inches long and weigh up to 12 ounces. The average gecko is 2.3 inches long. Some of their defining characteristics are their large heads, rounded snouts, numerous small teeth, and huge eyes. And we're going to talk about why their eyes are so large later on in the episode. Geckos also have softer skin than most lizards because of their scales. The scales don't have these bony plates called osteoderms like a lot of other reptiles have. Geckos also have really good vision, can make a variety of different noises, and about 65% of the species have adhesive pads on their toes. These adhesive pads help them stick to different surfaces, but they're different from the way that other animals stick and climb onto things. Frogs, for instance, have a very sticky mucus on their toes that helps them latch onto surfaces, while lizards other than geckos usually have claws that help them climb. Geckos, on the other hand, have adhesive pads that are actually covered with millions of tiny hairs called setae that allow them to scale rough or smooth surfaces. Their hairs end in a split, and when they interact with the surface, they bind together using something called van der Waals force. This is the force that also binds molecules together, and it allows them to stick on a whole bunch of different surfaces, even glass. These hairs produce molecular electrical attractions that essentially glue the animals onto the surface that they're climbing on. Aristotle even commented on geckos in The History of Animals, written in 350 BCE, writing about their ability to run up and down a tree in any way, even with their heads downwards. 
Researchers are currently studying their adhesive pads, and we may be able to have technology that mimics this adaptation at some point in the future. Some people even think that it could have applications in the medical field. Because geckos are a type of lizard, they're a part of the order Squamata, or scaled reptiles. They differ from other lizards mainly because of their bone structure. Gecko skulls are actually a lot more mobile than many other types of lizards because they lack two bones called the supratemporal bar and the postorbital bar. Geckos are found on every continent except for Antarctica, and they can live in all different types of habitats like deserts, rainforests, and mountains. And even though they can be in all different types of habitats, we also have found that they like to live in warmer climates. Lizards that resembled geckos have been around since the Cretaceous period, around 97 million to 110 million years ago. And some reports suggest that they could have been around for about 150 million years. And there have even been fossil records of geckos being trapped in amber. And in order for this to happen, a gecko has to be trapped in tree sap. The tree sap then solidifies, which preserves the animal inside. This is also how the mosquitoes are found preserved in the movie Jurassic Park, although that's probably not the most scientifically accurate movie. Geckos have about 100 teeth, which is crazy compared to humans who only have 32. And they're also polyphyodonts, meaning that they can replace their teeth if they fall out. But it's not like us with baby teeth. Once we get our adult teeth, they don't grow back, but geckos can replace their teeth every few months. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, you'll hear about how geckos hunt their prey, and more. The person that I want to recognize on this week's episode of Notable Figures in Science is Angela Clayton, who was a British physicist. She worked in nuclear safety and health physics, where her job was to prevent accidents that could occur from radiation. Aside from being a physicist, she was also an activist for trans rights. She transitioned from being a male without the help of any medical professionals, and later on in her life, she was able to get a surgical transition. She also helped to make the British Gender Recognition Act in 2004 and fought for trans rights until her death. Later on in her career, she became the head of criticality safety at the Atomic Weapons Establishment. Aside from being an amazing scientist, she fought for people to be able to be themselves. And for that, we should all be thankful. If you want to learn more about Angela Clayton or this series, check out oddwildlife.org. Okay, welcome back. Geckos feed mostly on insects, just like many other types of lizards. Some of their favorite foods to eat are grasshoppers, spiders, worms, and sometimes other hatchling geckos. They're nocturnal and hunt for prey while they're active at night. And this brings us back to why their eyes are so big. The size of their eyes allows them to take in more light at one time, especially compared to us. They can even see color at night, which is an extremely helpful adaptation when it comes to hunting food. Their color vision in darkness is 350 times more sensitive than a human's color vision. 
you'll see many animals that are active at night that have huge eyes for this very reason, like owls and cats. You'll also notice that their pupils are in the shape of vertical slits, not circles like ours. And this is actually to protect their eyes from sunlight. Their slitted pupils get really thin during the day, which allows very little light to enter their eyes at a time, and cats. You'll also notice that their pupils are in the shape of vertical slits, not circles like ours. And this is actually to protect their eyes from sunlight. Their slitted pupils get really thin during the day, which allows very little light to enter their eyes at a time. They can either use their tongue or just catch the prey with their mouths. And they can reach speeds of up to 30 miles per hour in order to catch their victims. And scientists have found that the flat-tailed house gecko is actually able to run on water. They can go as fast as 3 feet per second on the water. But what senses do they use in order to find their prey? Well, the top of a gecko's mouth has a pair of Jacobson's organs, also called vomeronasal organs, that are able to sense the chemicals throughout their environment. So they'll extend their tongues to taste their environment in order to gain information about their surroundings. And if this sounds familiar, it's because snakes also have Jacobson organs. Even though they're able to sense chemicals around them, they have other ways of communication like sound, and this comes in handy when they're trying to attract a mate. When most geckos want to attract a mate, they make vocalizations similar to frogs. Another way to attract a mate is by vibrating their tail. But some species don't even need a partner to reproduce. The morning gecko can reproduce asexually through parthenogenesis, which is reproduction without fertilization. Geckos and other reptiles are different from frogs and salamanders because they don't need to rely on the water in order to lay their eggs. They lay their eggs on land. And most gecko species lay small clutches of eggs, typically two at a time. And 43 species actually give live birth. The female lays her eggs on the ground, under rocks and tree bark. And the eggs typically hatch in 30 to 90 days, depending on the species. Similar to many other reptiles, females don't stay to care for their young after they lay their eggs or after they hatch. In the wild, they live to be an average of 5 years, but in captivity, they can live for about 15 to 20 years. Now, aside from when they mate, geckos are pretty solitary, but they do have really cool behaviors that we're going to talk about right after the break. Time for a trivia question. Which of the following animals is not a reptile? A, a crocodile, B, a frog, C, a tortoise, or D, a lizard? The answer is B, a frog. Frogs are commonly mistaken for reptiles, but they're actually amphibians. Most geckos don't have movable eyelids, which is why you can see them licking their corneas to clear them of dirt and other debris, because they can't blink. Because they have no eyelids, the outer surface of their eyeball, called their cornea, has a transparent membrane called a spectacle. They have a fixed lens within the iris of the eye that becomes larger in low-light situations, 
And this lets more light in, just like I was talking about before. Another amazing feature about geckos is that they can lose their tail when they're threatened by predators. So if a predator attacks, their tail will fall off. And this is so that the predator will pick up the tail and not eat the gecko, and then it can escape. This self-defense behavioral process is called self-amputation, but they don't have to live the rest of their lives without a tail because it can be regenerated. Other lizards can do this too, but geckos can regrow their tails faster than any other lizard. And it's not just a one and done. They can regrow it multiple times. The technical term for this is called caudal autonomy, and there are two forms of it. Intervertebral autonomy, which is when the tail breaks between two vertebrae, and intravertebral autonomy, which is where there are certain zones of weaknesses called fracture planes along each vertebrae in the tail. The lizard will contract a muscle in their tail in order to fracture the vertebrae. Once the tail has fallen off, their cells make proteins that are able to make a new spinal cord without surrounding the injury in scar tissue. Geckos don't have scar tissue like us because if they did, then their tails wouldn't be able to regenerate. Vocalization also makes geckos unique among lizards because they're the only reptile that has true vocal cords. And the sounds that they make differ between species. The reason behind their vocalizations comes down to them being nocturnal. Most other lizards are out during the day, so they communicate through sight. But because it's harder to see at night, the more effective thing to do is make sounds. Tokay geckos are known for their extremely loud call. Geckos are key components of the ecosystems that they live in because they're both predator and prey, making them an integral part of the food web. Because of the population amount of geckos, they dramatically impact the food web. For reference, the dwarf gecko is the most densely populated terrestrial vertebrate. This means that there are a huge number of them in a small amount of space. And they're a prey species for birds, spiders, and snakes. They also feed on arthropods and insects and can regulate their populations. It's been suggested that they come second only to bats in controlling nocturnal insect populations. They're also a really good biological indicator species that we can use to see how healthy an ecosystem is. And we do have a relationship with these animals. Because they can be colorful and have huge, amazing eyes, they're extremely sought after in the exotic pet trade. This is contributing to the decline in their populations because it's unregulated, and they're taken out of their habitats with no regard to the impact that they have on an ecosystem. For example, the U.S. imported 180,000 tokay geckos from 2006 to 2016 from the wild, and they were caught in different parts of Asia. Unfortunately, tokay gecko populations have declined by about 50% because of this pet trade. Aside from that, they're also having trouble because of habitat loss, similar to so many different animals. But there are organizations that are working to help geckos and also to stop the exotic pet trade. You should check out GeckoWeb, which educates people about geckos in the U.S., as well as the Edge of Existence Program and the Wildlife Trafficking Alliance. Thank you so much for coming on this adventure with me as we explored the world of geckos. You can find the sources that we used for this podcast and links to organizations that we reference at onwildlife.org. 
You can also email us with any questions at onwildlife.podcast at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at on underscore wildlife or on TikTok at onwildlife. Don't forget to tune in next Wednesday for another awesome episode. And that's On Wildlife. listening to On Wildlife with Alex Ray. On Wildlife provides general educational information on various topics as a public service, which should not be construed as professional, financial, real estate, tax, or legal advice. These are our personal opinions only. Please refer to our full disclaimer policy on our website for full details. <laughs>